Ladies and gentlemen, a very good evening and a massively warm welcome to the Red and Blue Review, wherever you are watching us in the world. I've got my, I've got my second device here making a noise. Never mind. Anyway, wherever you're watching us in the world, whether you're on YouTube, watching us live, or you're listening to this back as a podcast, you are more than welcome. This evening, I'm going to shortly be joined by a couple of the other guys. I'm sure you know who they are by now. And here's the first one. A very poorly Mr. Noble. How are you, buddy? I'm not so bad, Nick, but I've got a bit of a bad throat. I think it's partly to do with how much I was shouting from the away end at Craven Cottage yesterday. But very good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, bit of man flu going on there. Uh, Fergus Tid, great to see you yesterday, bud. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Nick. A little bit like Ian, suffering it's a little jaded. bit from yesterday, but I think that's self-inflicted. Yeah, you're a bit jaded. And Teresa, welcome back. Glad to see you've actually managed to pull yourself out of your corner on the boat yesterday. Evening all, yeah. I'm all good. Kind of right. got over my hangover. I'm not suffering anymore. Good, good stuff. Well, go. ladies, and ladies and gentlemen out in Facebook land, this is our penultimate show of the season. Um, we are all a little bit demob happy. We are all looking forward to a, a bit of a break. Um, the team got their, their uh, flip-flops on. You, what you can't see in the picture... Teresa's got a grass skirt on. Ian's got his mankini on, and Ferg's got his budgie smugglers on. Uh, so we are looking forward to our own break for the for the summer. But lots has happened this season, and we're going to be reviewing that over the next couple of weeks. Um, yesterday, we obviously we had the away trip at uh, Fulham. Started off the day with the boat. Okay, Grant Saunders's boat. Delighted to say uh, on the boat we had. Oh look, they were, that was us yesterday morning, guys. Uh, Ian, why do you look so large against me? I'm... Look, mate, that's just a really bad camera angle. I look, I'm a big boy anyway, but I'm in the foreground, aren't I? That's why. I... Oh, this is such a... <laughs> what a dreadful way to start a show. This was glad all over, I think, but I blame Alice. There's Alice there. There's look. Alice. Lovely to meet you, yes, Alice. Listen, uh, in that, go back to that photo guy again, uh, Nigel, with the four of us. Um they say the I think it was Bucks Fizz that said the camera never lies. Uh, I thought I was overweight and large, but Ian, you look enormous sitting there. Crazy, you look gorgeous as always. Uh, anyway, so we had a lot of fun on the boat yesterday. Lots of singing and noise, and I was on the microphone. And somebody I, on the tube on the way home, they said some guy came up to me uh, who wasn't on the boat. Uh, we were doing the raffle, and he said I heard that it was pink number three. Two, three was the winning. He said, I heard your voice from the footpath. I said, you're joking. He said, yeah, I could actually hear you word for word on the microphone from the footpath. Anyway, we we raised, two seconds, we, we raised a fantastic um, seven over 770 quid for multiple cirrhosis yesterday. Uh, so if you, were, if you were on the boat yesterday, congratulations and thank you. Well done to each and every one of you. Ian. Yeah, now one of the numbers that was drawn uh, wasn't claimed, was it? And no. um, obviously they didn't hear the number being called. And um, I couldn't remember what the number that was. But we're in the pub afterwards. And and Aaron, you know, Azza, yeah. um, I just caught a, he was asking about the raffle. He said, I didn't hear the raffle. And I just caught a glimpse of his raffle tickets. And I saw he had pink 463. So I said to him, oh, that prize wasn't claimed, 463. And he's, and he, I actually had him. He believed, didn't he, Fergie? He believed that he won the raffle. But it wasn't claimed. But um, 
he, he just, I said, Azza, how would I know what your number was, mate? And he just did, didn't know. He didn't know. So, uh, well, we having seen it, as of most of the afternoon, yes, the afternoon, I'm surprised he could even focus on his <laughs> ticket. He was a mess. But much fun was had by all. Grant, I hope you enjoyed it, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, you can find us at any time on your favourite podcast channels. Just search Red and Blue Review. Okay, you can go to our uh, website, which is redandbluereview.co.uk. Uh, all the links to the previous shows are on there. I want to kick off, okay? Oh, look, there's our YouTube channel. It's on the screen now. The Red and Blue Review, 8132. Get on there, like it, share it, subscribe to it, whatever you do on there, okay? Because it's going to be very important to us. Now, leave that on screen just for a second, Nigel, the Instagram one, please. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Clock Samuel works tirelessly in the background. Uh, please follow us on our Instagram account, red underscore and underscore blue underscore review. Throughout the summer... Our Instagram account, we may be taking a rest, but Tom Clark Samuel won't be. He said he's actually going to be going right the way through the summer, uh, setting quizzes. Uh, he's also asked me to ask you guys if there's anything in particular that you want him to be doing on inst on our Instagram account. Just send, drop him a message on Facebook or on Instagram. Any ideas, any suggestions? He's got loads of quizzes ready for you anyway. But uh, just he works tirelessly on our behalf. So thank you, Tom, for everything else. Well, on a serious note, before we carry on, on the on the train on the way home last night, we had some news. This won't mean anything to some of you guys, but there was a gentleman, a friend of ours, who's been coming to Palace for many, many years. Um, he'd had some uh, issues, let's say, personal issues over the last few years. His name is Graham Thackeray. He was in his mid-30s, and sadly, uh, Graham lost his battle yesterday or over the last couple of days. So, Graham... You and I have been friends for a long time. Rest in peace, my friend. Rest in peace. Uh, and it's, it's very, very sad news. I think it, it is all quite, quite, because it was just out of the blue. Anyway, we'll move on from that. So yesterday, 2-2 away draw at Fulham. Uh, it secures us either in 11th or 12th place, I believe it was. So we can't, uh, unless there's a 15 point, uh, 15 goal swing, Wolves can't catch us. So it's just a question whether we, but we're going to come on to the positions later on. I'm going to do that a little bit later, simply because that's part of what we're going to be talking about after Ferg has covered the game. Ferg, over to you, my man. You're on mute, buddy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so uh, just one change for the game. So Edward came in for the injured Zaha. Um, so we, we kept the same, same line-up as last week, with the exception of Zaha. Um, the game kicked off. Um, it's, it's quite. Uh, Tony P. Quinn's put in the comments. Anderson smashes another nose and gets away with it. Hashtag the Punisher, and that's pretty. That's that's a great explanation because that that pretty much was the only highlight in the minutes. Again, uh, I don't know how he's getting away with these. Mitrovic had to go off. Um, he was bloodied. Had to change his shirt. Um, he obviously came back to punish us for it later on in the game, but. Um, We'll, we'll get on to that. But um, first real highlight was um, 29th minute, I think. Um, Ayu, you know, uh, runs down the left-hand side, delivers a dangerous low cross into six-yard box. And there's a bit of a goal-mouth scramble. And um, but Leno just manages to get his hands to the ball just before uh, one of our players... Uh, manages to stick it in the back of the net, which um, 
which was a shame. And then the th 34th minute, um, we, we go 1-0 up. Uh, another fantastic on-the-break goal. Um, and Wardy, I mean, I know he got man of the match, um, and we spoke about him last week about how his games come on leaps and bounds. Had another fantastic game yesterday. One ball on the edge of the box, um, passed it to Eze, and then Eze just took it all the way downfield, slotted in a beautiful pass to Edouard, and he smashed it, left foot, first touch, uh, into the top of the net. Um, brilliant goal. Um, game was probably even up to then, but um, I, I do think we were slightly the, the better side, um, but I would do. <laughs> uh, my rose tinted glasses on. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, just a fantastic move by Palace. Just very quick on the break. Ward to Eze, Eze to Edward. Goal. Yes, Ian, come in. I know yeah, you want to say. I, I mean, I thought Edward absolutely nailed it with that strike. You, you, that was Holland esque, wasn't it? You know, the way he he got on the end of the pass. I mean, the pass was fantastic. You know, we talk about how goals are scored and how goals are made, but the weight of the pass was perfect. And don't forget it was their corner that we got the breakaway from. They had a corner and we defended yeah. the corner and that's where we broke away. And I think that that helped us because their big centre-halves were, were up the pitch and the players tracking back, I don't know who they were. I haven't looked at it that closely. They're probably more midfield players and things like that. But they couldn't live with Edward's pace either. And his pace meant that he got a bit of space there and he hit it the first time with his left foot. Absolutely stunning strike. So I think if that's Haaland, everyone's waxing lyrical about it. And the irony is that just before that, we're bemoaning Edward, saying what a crap player he was and he wasn't doing enough and all the rest of it. And he missed a few bits and pieces. But he, he shut us all up then for sure. And when he wheeled away, when he when he scored the goal, he wheeled away, realised he was going the wrong way for the Palace fans. Yeah. <laughs> it was made me smile. <laughs> I know he's there. I know he's there. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Completely agree about Edouard's goal. Um, I really enjoyed the insightful analysis from Match of the Day for it as well. All no, about the zero seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we might come on to Match of the Day later on, actually. They were absolutely garbage. Carry on, mate. Yeah, um, so obviously the next highlight is Fulham's equaliser. So they held the board up for three minutes of injury time. So you're thinking, OK, can... I know we're we're liable to let goals in in the last minute of every half. It's just an idea. Um, but I think we're almost through the three minutes, and you think, okay, we're going to see this out till half time. And then, yeah, it's. I mean, what can you say? It was, it was a clumsy chance. I think he lost his spin, Tyrick Mitchell. Um, and yeah, I mean, at first I didn't think it was a penalty, but you watch it back. It, it, it was a clumsy challenge, and um, it was probably the right call. Um, yeah, and it, I think that was the 45th minute. I mean, if I'm wrong, Ian, I think it was the 45th minute. Well, no, this was in the, the, the 40, well, it was the third minute of stoppage time, or the fourth minute even. I think he played three minutes by then. He by had, the time yeah. the foul came, which really, you know, that's the thing we were moaning about. That he played too much time added on. Um, okay. It's one of those. If if the referee doesn't give it, VAR doesn't intervene. You know, but if he gives it, it depends. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, okay? Because at first, I know you're in mid-flight here, but I did say pre-show we were gonna do this. Um, 
when I first saw it, I, I thought that was never a pen, of course. And then I saw the, saw a couple of replays when I got out the, outside to the bar and had a beer. Um, you've just used the right word, Ferg, and it, the, the word was clumsy. However, what I wanted to discuss amongst us now is Tyreek Mitchell. He'd actually done that twice during the open play, not in the box, um, previous to that in the first half. Okay. And he was lucky to get away with one without getting a yellow. Um, I think. Okay, my very simple truth, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to throw this straight at you, unarmed, unprepared. Clumsy or a liability? Tyrick Mitchell. Clumsy. If he wasn't going for those balls, we'd be shouting at him. We'd be shouting, saying he's got no commitment, he shouldn't be in defence. When he goes for it, it's what defenders do. Sometimes they get lucky. Sometimes they get a soft pen like I thought it was yesterday. I don't think he's a liability. You know, season before, we were all waxing lyrical about Tyrick Mitchell. What's changed? Um, I actually, Tyrick... I actually, sorry, I think he's been better under Roy. I think he was poor beginning of the season. But I think he's improved in you know since Roy's been here, as, as a lot of the players have. You know, all right, so maybe yesterday wasn't his best game. And, you know, when we come to the second goal of theirs, we'll, we'll talk about him again, you know, but... He didn't have his best day yesterday, but he's still a very good left-back. You know, I'm not looking to get rid of him or anything. How old was he? He's still in his early 20s. Isn't 22 he? or 23 or something. He's still learning his craft. So, could it be that he's being picked because there's no competition, Ferg? I, I think so, yeah. I think that's the problem. There, there, there is no competition for him. So, maybe he's in a little bit... Um, what's the word? Um bit complacent. sort of. Yeah, a bit complacent. Yeah, because... Um, because there is nobody behind him pushing him. Um, yeah, I mean, Tara Adamola, he, he had a brief spell in the team, didn't he? And he's, he's dropped back down to under-23s and not heard from him since. It's, he was on the bench yesterday. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one where, you know, you'd think we've got nothing to play for at the end of the season. They're the sort of players you'd want to maybe give them some time on the pitch. Uh, maybe after yesterday, it very well might get that next week. It'd be interesting to see what it does develop. Anyway, I digress. Uh, for continue, mate. Um, yeah, so like so moving into the second half, um, right at the very start, Fulham had that um, that attack. Um, Reeds combined on the right, and he, and he crossed the ball. It went right across the, to the goal. Mitrovic was at the back post, and it, it was easier to, to score, I think, the miss, and he just side-footed it wide. Um, so we were we were very fortunate not to be um, two one down in the first minute of the, the second half, um, and then and then the, the Fulham the Fulham goal in the sixty first minute I think it was um, very contentious. There was lots of um, lots of people around me, very very angry. Referees walked all the way across. He's gone to the effort of putting his magic spray down. Oh, I mean, you could see it on the pitch. Um, spot you know spotted the ball and and fulham come across and then moved the ball actually it doesn't do it justice it looked like it was further away from the spot than than that photo shows but i guess camera never lies and then um yeah and they score from it you know it was a it was a brilliant cross and and i have to be honest i don't think it mattered where that ball was whether it was on the spot or whether it was two yards further forward or two yards further back the marking was atrocious. Mitrovic had a clean run. Um, I mean, there was a bullet header. Uh, Johnson had no chance in goal. Um, 
again, Palace set pieces, corners and free kicks. We just can't seem to be able to defend them. We're just, we're just so poor. Um, yeah, and it, and, it, and it put Fulham 2-1 up. Um, I don't know if you guys want to come in on that before I, I move on to the next part. But the uh, the defending that defending at that point, I just watched it back. I've got it on screen to my left now. Uh, was absolutely atrocious. I mean, they were static. It was a, a series of Nelson's columns standing there. Nobody followed him, uh, and they all just when it went in, and it was yeah, it was a great header at the end of the day, rocketing in the back of the net, and the goalkeeper didn't have a chance. But and they all just stood there after that, uh, blaming each other or pointing at each other. Ian, you wanted to say something, mate? Yeah, you're not wrong about the static aspect of the defence. And what Mitrovic did, he started deep and he made his run and just no one went with him. They were zonal marking, but nobody went with him. And, you know, a player like Mitrovic or any player in the box, if they're moving, surely you've got a man mark, a player as dangerous as Alexander Mitrovic. You can't just let them have the freedom of the penalty area because, you know, the quality of the ball from Willian meant that he, he 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 couldn't believe it. It was it's like Christmases all come at once, you know. It was a it was a well taken header, unstoppable from a goalkeeper's perspective. But we we should never have given him that much room in the penalty area. And after the West Ham game, I can't believe that we're still letting in goals like that. Thankfully, it was only once yesterday, um, you know, where that happened. Um, but it's once too many really for my liking. I think teams have sussed us out, haven't they? We we're, we're just we're too susceptible to set pieces. Free kicks. Somebody, Mark Callaghan Callaghan in the chat has just asked the question that I was about to ask you three. The zonal markings not working. Uh, would you would you go back to you know man for man marking? What what's the answer, Ian? Yeah, I, I think we should be marking man for man. I, I was I've always believed that um, that is the best way of dealing with players. You know you. You pick them up, especially the most dangerous players. You know who their best headers of the ball are. You know which players they're aiming for. If necessary, put two people on Mitrovic, you know, to stop him getting near the ball. Uh, one in front, one behind him. But, you know, and he didn't. I mean, he's not He's not that quick, you know. He's, you know, he's a bit of a cart horse in some ways up front. But he, he moved and no one went with him. It was easy. T, is a man for man the right move? Teresa? Oh, sorry, I thought you said Tim. No. <laughs> I might be old. I'm not that old. Um, I don't know. Who would you map? I don't know. I Our defence hasn't been brilliant this season. We have let in quite a few goals. Especially from um, set pieces. Yeah, especially from set pieces. I, for one, was holding my breath every time they got a corner. Um, we we never look comfortable defending corners. Um, you could say um, Hughes is too small to be in the box in defence. He can't jump high enough. White men can't jump. I don't know. I think Anderson was supposed to be marking him, wasn't he? That was, you know, that was his man. And um, yeah. and, and as he rightly said, no, he just didn't fall. Just didn't yeah, fall. No, no one near him. him. He was no nowhere near him. him. He really wasn't anywhere. He wasn't even near him at the start. You know, not let alone the finish. So, you know, he's just got the freedom in the penalty area anyway. He's, you know, look. Look at Joel Ward's face. And look at where, more importantly, look where Joachim Anderson is. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's absolutely nowhere near him. Sorry, anyway. uh, Berg, I, I interrupted again, mate. No, no, it's okay. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll move on. So, um, 66 minute, um, 
Sam Johnson pulls off that wonder save. Willian cuts in and he, he curls one. Looks like it's going in the top corner and, and Johnson sort of like dives across, tips it over with his right hand, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, great save by by Johnson. Um, and then I think we, we, we the, the last 15 minutes of the game, I think we really came into it. I think we were the stronger side and... And I don't know about anyone else, but I always felt like we were going to get that equaliser. We were at least going to get one. Um, never, never, ever thought for one minute we were going to lose the game. Um, and and thankfully, they proved us right. Um, 83rd minute, I think Elise, Elise crossed from the left and, and Fulham had a bit of a panic in the area and couldn't clear the ball. And it dropped towards. He had a shot. Keeper kind of fluffed at it, came back out and he's tapped it back into an open goal. Um, great finish, very pers great persistence by Wardy, um, and it, he's obviously in the right place. I mean, I don't know, you know, where our strikers are. Mateta was on at the time, wasn't he? Um, but yeah, it's good a good goal. It went to VAR, and they were checking for offside, and he was actually offside, um, but it came off a Fulham player, so um, we got an assist from a Fulham player, and, and that that then meant that he wasn't offside, so um, the goal stood. Yes, Nick. Great. A question for you, then, the three of you. Uh, I'm going to throw you, throw you all under the bus here. How many times has Joel Ward scored for Palace in the Premier League? Theresa came straight in, unmuted. I think it's only about twice, and the last time was about four years ago. And last time was about four years ago. Fergie, any idea? He's got a diving header at Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, definitely Chelsea. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say three. Yeah, that's what I would guess. I don't know, but I think it's three. In, in the chat, David Hart, um, Tim Richards, both saying three. Oh, yeah, so, three, yeah. Okay, in 14... Left, left foot, right foot, header. He scored a perfect goal. 14 to six, six. Paul Bristow, five. Okay, well, Paul... Oh, Bristow. He makes me... Oh, great to see yeah, you. He'll be right, won't he? He'll be yeah, right. He's always right, isn't he? Bristow, great to see you. So, and spend so much time with you. Okay, right, here we go. Uh, in the 14-15 season, he scored one goal. Apparently, that was home to QPR. Uh, and we won the game 3-1. Remember that, Ian? No, I don't. 15-16 season, he scored twice. Arsenal, where we lost 2-1. Uh, that was in the August. And away at Chelsea, as you've already alluded to, and we won that 2-1. Uh, we won, also scored an FA Cup goal in the third round away at Southampton. AC-19 season, home to Man United. Uh, where you lost 3-1 to Man United and he scored the single goal. And yesterday, of course, he scored in the Premier League away at Fulham. See, we did do a little bit of research on this on this show, you know. It's not, <laughs> it's not just only thrown together, you know. Um, but you got, and, uh, you know, bear in mind, I'm the senior statesman within the show. You can't do anything. You can't knock a bit of age and a bit of seniority. Joel Ward, I love you, mate. You are my... Hero of the season is Sam Johnson is the find of the season. Uh, Joel Ward is my hero of the season. Sorry, mate, I interrupted you again. Away no, you no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, so there was only one one highlight. We nearly won it right at the very end when um, on the on the right hand side, and as they clipped a little ball over to Elise, and he's he's just touched sublime, brought it down, and then bent a left footed shot just wide of the post. Um, and I don't think you know if if we'd have actually topped up winning that group. I'd have, you know, I think we just edged it. Certainly in the last sort of 15 minutes of that half, there was only one team looking to win it, I think. 
we, we, we were definitely the better side in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, so as a, uh, uh, Elise curls one just past the post and uh, that was the, the last highlight really of, of the game. Um, the referee, uh, there's a few there's a few comments in, in the chat about, about the referee, about some people think he had a decent game, some people think he had a poor really? game. He was uh, he's, he was a championship referee, wasn't he? Um, yeah. yeah. Me personally, I don't think he had a great game. I think the linesman on the left hand side of us and the way end, I thought was poor beyond belief. I don't think he got anything right. Uh, I don't think he made any decisions of his own. He was waiting for the referee to decide. Um, yeah, and it was a bit frustrating when that the spot, you know, for the free kicks right in front of him. And he doesn't pull the players back to say, look, the rest mark the spot, take it from where it Right. Hold that thought. I'm coming in. I'm coming in there, Ferg. Okay. Trees, sorry, I'm about to go on a rant. Okay. Excuse me just for a second. Bear with me. Okay. So you made that point. Uh, we saw the picture just now. He made the he put the spot down. The ball had been moved, whatever it was, eight inches, twelve inches, it doesn't really matter, because the defending was just shit afterwards. Okay. Then a little while later, in the second towards the end of the game, in the second half, okay. We had a free kick out on the touchline on the, as we were looking at the pitch on the far right-hand side, okay? Uh, and th I think this is what people get. So it's the lack of consistency with the refereeing. You saw the spot just now. You saw where it was and you saw where the ball was kicked from. And then he came to our side, okay? And the referee actually walked over. He was just on the 18-yard line. He walked over to the touchline to roll the ball back, Okay. Whoever was taking, I think it was Elise, he was taking the free kick. He picked the ball up and spun it around, put it down maybe two or three inches further than where the referee moved it. But the referee went over and moved it back again. So where's the consistency? That's what, and, you know, and I think you were right to highlight that that guy, that was his first game in the um, Premier League. Uh, my understanding, it was Kevin Friend, he actually, I think this is what we said pre-show, he, he actually replaced Kevin Friend. You know, we think he's a crap referee. Well, they just replace one crap referee with another crap referee. It's just it's the consistency that people get frustrated about. I, if I had any hair, I'd be pulling it out over it. Sorry, mate. You carry on. No, well, no. I mean, well, well, that was it, really. I mean, it was you know stats. Paul, Paul, Paul Bristow's. Oh yeah. So I don't know if Nigel's going to pull the stats up, but yeah. So we had slightly more possession than Fulham. Um, both had 11 shots. Fulham had four on target. We had five. Corners, seven to our four. Fouls, 13 to their 12. Interesting. I mean, we say the referee had a poor game, but he booked three Fulham players and no Palace players. Um, you could argue that Anderson possibly could have got at least a yellow in that in the first six minutes of that game when he took Mitrovic out with his elbow. I think I think he knew what he was doing as well. So he's way with one there, and that's the second week on the trot. So um, yeah, there we go. Ian, you wanted to make a point, then Teresa, yeah. you wanted to say something. Yeah, he, for me, he he had a poor game. I thought he wasn't really good at all. Um, he got a couple of things blatantly wrong, which cost us. Now, no one's mentioned this yet, and it certainly wasn't mentioned on Match of the Day or any other highlights I've seen. But I saw it on Twitter. Um, a clip of 30 seconds before the ball was played to Mitrovic, who passed the ball um, for their lad to be fouled by, by Mitchell, which led to the penalty. The guy takes a throw-in in their right-back position, and he lifts his back leg off the floor. It's so blatant, he looks like a ballet dancer. I kid you not. That's a foul throw. 
All right, okay. How come the lino and the ref both missed that? And that's only basic, all right? It, but it is basic, and it should have been pulled up. If that if that throw-in is, is then given to us, they don't score the penalty. The game, the half is finished. So that's that point. The second one is their number four, Tosin, Tosin, whatever he's called. Quite a good name, actually, I thought, for a Fulham player. <laughs> Tosin. Um, he got a yellow card for wasting time when he was taking a free kick in their right-back position in the second half. And, um, you know, the referee was quite a long way away, but he gave him the yellow card. Later, about 10 minutes later, he put, he, he fouls Edward on the edge of the box. Quite a bad foul, I thought. We got a free kick for it, but it's a second yellow. It's a second yellow card. So, in my book, he needs to say, right, OK, mate, the second booking you're off. But, of course, he's bottled it because, you know, it's uh, it's his first game. But I think those two things could have gone our way and it might have put a different complexion on the result. So you wanted to make a point? Oh, it's just I was just looking through the chat. Um, Lee Lockwood was saying that. um, Oh, where is it? He said it was saying that um, Roy Hodgson hasn't lost against Fulham since 1984. And there was apparently Bobby Madley, according to Paul Bristow, Bobby Madley was the original choice of referee. Oh, was he? Oh, it's I just was, start, yeah, it's just what started. I thought it was Paul told me it was Kevin Friend, actually. But anyway, anyway, there you go. So, final score away at Cream Cottage, 2 2. Yeah, I think the stats bore out just there. They were very evenly matched, uh, apart from the, yeah. the, the bookings. Uh, and I think, you know, had you got into the game and said, would you take a point away at Fulham? Bear in mind, they've been above us all season. Uh, they've been playing well. You've been playing some good stuff. Um, is that right? The is the first, uh, only the second time that all three promoted teams stayed up. Is that was that? It, a it's, it's, it's one of the few occasions. I think it's happened before, but it doesn't happen very often, does it? Um, no. And, and another stat, another stat for this season is that we haven't beaten a team in the top half of the table this season. Plenty of draws. Um, we beat Villa early on, but they weren't in the top half when we beat them. Um, and um, yeah, that's a stat we need to put right, isn't it, for next year? Um, Indeed. Yeah. Trees. There was a couple of other stats, wasn't there? There was If Fulham had won, it would have been their first time doing a double over us in the Premier League. Right. I think. And we also prevented them scoring their highest points tally that they got underway. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that. they might very well get that next week, but um, yeah, at least yeah. they didn't well, get it. They're away to Man United, so maybe not. So. Yeah. All gear said it's the fourth time, by the way. Trees, you want to make a point? I was just going to say. Um, an away day at Fulham has pro- probably got to be one of the most pleasurable away days we can get. Yeah. It's a nice, it's nice getting to the ground. Compare it to Spurs last week. I know which one I've taken a heartbeat. <laughs> True. And by the way, Grant Saunders has been in touch. He's been watching the show this evening. I've just offered an opportunity to come on and speak to you guys. Uh, he tells me it's around about 750 quid made, uh, but his voice has got light, light uh, Ian and light Fo. His voice has gone. Uh, we're going to do another stat in a minute, but before we do that, I'm just going to get into uh, the, how some of the other teams have done. You'll be aware that the under-18s and the women's season is over, and the under-21s under have had no game since last weekend. The next game is on Tuesday the 23rd at 7 o'clock in the evening. And this is the important one, Premier League International Cup Final. There it is. It's on your screen. Uh, Crystal Palace under-21s will play PSV Eindhoven's under-21s at Sellers Park. I believe somebody jumped in and confirmed the tickets are a fiver. Um, is that right, Theresa? Yeah. 
fiver for adults and a quid for kids. I know they're sold over well in excess of 3,000. So please get yourself down there. I'm actually considering it myself. I'm, I'm hoping to get down there. So I've already got mine. And yeah, yeah it's only because you got, yeah, I only got mine because I get a freebie. Me, 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 me. Yeah. yeah, so Teresa's already got us. So join, join Teresa at Sellers Park on Tuesday evening. It'll be uh, well worth it. And good luck to the lads. Uh, and we'll cover that ne on next Monday's show. Um, Lone Watch, have some of our players got on. League two playoff semi final second leg. Scott Banks started for Bradford City and got a, an assist in the 106th minute, but was then taken off two minutes later. John Kimani Gordon played in the same game. His pressure caused an own goal by Bradford in the 21st minute, and he continued to play until the 70th minute where he was taken off. Carlisle won 3 1 on the day and 3 2 on aggregate to take them to the playoff final against Stockport next Sunday. Uh, Remy Matthews played the full uh, full match for St Johnson and one 0 win home. Oh, sorry, away at Carl, uh, Carlisle and Jack Butland only as far as the bench again for Man United. Um, I did hear a little rumour that they're actually going to offer him uh, a deal. Man United are going to offer him a deal. I don't know if anybody else had heard that. Uh, and that's that rounds up the other teams. Right, another stat for you. Um, and we discussed this pre-show out in Facebook land. Uh, how many points has Roy Hodgson got as Crystal Palace manager? How many points has Roy Hodgson got as Crystal Palace manager? And we'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, everybody can answer, uh, apart from Bristow. Okay, Bristow, you're barred because you've, you've obviously got that tattooed on the... On the... You mean in total while he's yeah. been at Palace, Nick? Not as, this as if, did you, were, were you not... We were talking about this pre-show. Did you not hear Huh. I must have missed right, okay, so the question, we're going to have a bit of a chat about a couple of subjects. The first subject is, who out of these two do you expect to see at Sellers Park next season? Who's the more likely candidate to still be at Sellers Park next season? And your two that you're going to, we're going to discuss are Roy Hodgson and Wilfred Zaha. Ferg, your thoughts? Uh, Out the two, which, if either, are still going to be at Sellers Park next season? So who was it? Zaha and Roy. I think both. You think they're both going to be there? Okay, interesting. Why? I think I think they're grooming Paddy McCarthy for the role, so I think they're going to give Roy another year, and I don't, I don't know if he'll be up front as manager. But I think he's going to play some sort of part with Lewington and Paddy McCarthy. And Zaha, I don't know. I guess I'm just hoping against all hope that he's he's going to cease and sign the new contract. 200 grand a week, I mean, that's just crazy money. And, um, yeah, I just think, you know, you see Brighton, I hate to say it, but they're on the verge of qualifying for Europe. No, they have we qualified. Yeah, if we keep if we keep somebody like Zaha and we keep hold of Eze and Elie, Dukray, um, Gee, Anderson, and add a couple more, that could be us next season. I honestly believe we've 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 got a really good chance. Um, yeah, so so I'm going to go with I, I think both. Thank you. I'm going to I'm going to come to the other you other two in a second. The chat has just gone absolutely berserk. Uh, have you seen all those comments going through? 
absolutely berserk. That is weird. I don't think I've ever had a response to a question like that ever since I've been doing this, in actual fact. Thank you to each and every one of you. Um, as you're choking in, Teresa, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, Roy, Wilf, or both, or neither? Um, I'm going to say both, but on BBC Gossip today, there's a rumour out that Cooper, Nottingham Forest manager, has interviewed already for the Palace job. Yeah, two interviews. Twice, yeah. yeah. Twice, yeah. apparently. Well, because he's pissed off, oh, he's fed up with the owner. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, that information you just shared there, Teresa, I'd actually seen that on, in, in and I were talking about this pre-show, I'd actually seen that. Um, who swore it? I never I, saw it, did I? Teresa no, did. I did. I did, right, okay. Um, uh, I actually, I'd actually seen, I hadn't seen the BBC report, uh, but I had seen it on reported two or three times on different sources on Twitter. Not that I take an awful lot of notice of what goes on Twitter. Um, very interesting. Um, we'll, we'll come to Steve Cooper in a minute. Ian, I want your views on the Wilf and Roy thing first, please. So your question was, which one of them is more likely to be here next season? In, which one of them, or neither, or both? Okay. Well, my answer is Wilf. I don't think Roy will be here next season. I think he, I think he's done his job. I don't think he'll stay. I think he'll go, and I think we'll bring someone like Cooper in. That's what I think. But do you not think he's exceeding the expectations, and then so therefore he's uh, worth giving another one-year contract? Do you and do you not think Parish being Parish will take the cheaper option? I know you're choking, so I'm going to carry on talking for a minute. Uh, Parish will take the cheaper option and and give him a contract as opposed to somebody like Steve Cooper. Uh, in, <laughs> I just don't. I can't see it. I, you know, people have said he's yes, of course he's exceeded expectations. He's done a great job, but um, he's seventy-five. Can't go forever. And I said before that if we do, if we appointed him for another year, all we're doing is delaying the inevitable. And um, we've got to find another manager that can take us through to the next phase. And that that manager needs to have Premier League experience, in my opinion. And Steve Cooper ticks that box. So there you go. It's only a year though, Ian. I mean, if, yeah. if forget forget Roy's age, if he was sixty mm -hmm. and he's got the Premier League experience he's got, and you had a choice between him and Cooper, who would you who would you go for? That is actually interesting because Tom Clock Samuel has just put something in the chat. Okay, that so, do you know what I'd never considered? Steve Cooper with Paddy as his number two. Now that would work. I always, I always think back to a comment Jill made live on air one in, in his really anti days of um, Roy Hodgson. Okay, we were going through a real rough period. It was, it was a year or so ago, and Jill said to me, "Do you know what worries me more than anything else? Because of his age, he, he said to me, um, he said I, I'm concerned that we will be the first ever Premier League manager to have a Premier League manager that actually dies on us on the job." And that's what he said, and and I never took it seriously. But you got to, you you got to respect the fact that he's approaching seventy six. Crazy go. Okay, the he might die on the job, but the positive is we'll get an insurance or policy off him, won't we? We we'll get some money. Do you know? I think that comment's probably equally as bad as Jill's original comment. Do you know that? I think he's doing a good job. Okay, and I agree with Fergus. If he was 10 years, 11 years younger, 
this wouldn't even be a discussion. What's age got to do with anything? He's got the experience. The players, he seems, the players seem to respond really well with him or to him. And also, he's playing players that um, Patrick Vieira kept on the bench. Um, you look at Eze. Sorry, Paul. It's a bit dark. My nurse's sense of humour. But you look at the players he kept, uh, Patrick Vieira kept on the bench. He's 40 years, 30 years younger than Hodgson. I mean, I didn't enjoy the, the football we were playing before um, Roy Hodgson left last time. But like Roy said in his one of his press things, he didn't have the players to be able to play the football that he wanted to play. Fair enough. Um, yeah. we, need to, we need to cover off because he keeps going through on the chat. Uh, what about um, Potter, Graham Potter? Okay, Ian, you, uh, you, you told me something I didn't, I wasn't aware of pre-show. Cover the Graham Potter thing. Please. Yeah, I've heard that Graham Potter is set for Nice in France. Um, but if he wasn't, then, and I said on this show months ago, do you remember, I think you asked the question, Nick, um, if Vieira was to leave Palace and Potter was to leave Chelsea, would we want Potter? And I said, absolutely. But I also said to you, don't be stupid, that won't happen. And of course, I was wrong on that account, you know. So, actually, can, I, can I just correct you on that? You actually went like this. Did I roll my eyes? You yeah, know? you rolled your eyes at me, if you remember. That won't happen, is what you said. Okay? Yeah, I was wrong. And if I'm wrong, I, I will admit I'm wrong and hold my hands up. That's not a problem. But I would love, I would, I'm not love, I, I would take Graham Potter. I think, no, I think it'd be a good fit for Palace. I think, um, with the kind of size of club, I think he would do well at. Yeah, a bit like Brighton, dare I say it. Um, Chelsea was just too big a job for him. Too many egos, too many big personalities just didn't work out. So I, I think you can ignore that bit. And it will give Brighton another reason to hate us, which yeah. I sort of quite like. I think that's quite funny. Um, I think we could all fully endorse that, actually. We could fully endorse that. Ian, talking about Brighton, I think I've just done a fantastic segue, unrehearsed. Could you cover the Renf game, please? Yeah, and yeah. Tell, we can do, tell yeah, everybody sure. what the Renf game is. What a yeah. Like so, so the Renf game is the Robert Eaton Memorial Fund. Um, now, Robert Eaton was a Brighton supporter who sadly lost his life in the Twin Towers disaster in two thousand and one. Um, and I think, from what I gather, he was a proper Brighton fan, not one of these plastics that support a second club as well. Um, <laughs> and what they did was they organised a match in his uh, memory uh, between Palace and Brighton fans. And it's been going every every year, I think, ever since. And in total, um, the REMF has raised, um, I've got the figure here somewhere, in a big reel of script, which I can't find. Um, I think it's about 300k or something like that they've raised yeah. in total. I might have got that wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, Nigel. Um, and this year's game is actually going to be held at the Amex. Now, previous games have been held at Lewis's Stadium, which is just down the road uh, from Brighton in Sussex. But this year it's going to be held at the Amex. It's Friday the 2nd of June, a 7pm kickoff between Palace and Brighton supporters um, for the REMF, um, Robert Eaton Memorial Fund. It's £6 for an adult or uh, £6 for an adult and an up to the 16 together. So you can grab a child on your way in. Did I say that live on air? Um, <laughs> and, um, or under 16, £2.50. So, so yeah, um, I've never been to it. I must, I'm must. i ashamed to say I've never been to it. But um, 2nd of June, Ferg, do you want to go down there with, on the 2nd of June? On a Friday night, a couple of weeks' time? It's not, it's not it's our curry thing. night, is it? No, it's well, the week, it's week it, before that. Yeah. It's at Falmer FC, is it? Is it a yeah. FC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. So yeah. anyway, so 2nd yeah. of June, guys, if you can get down there and support it, it's obviously a great course. But it's the last ever one. They've obviously decided that all, all things uh, run their course. Um, they do other things as well now. Um, they do a five-a-side competition and golf days and all that kind of stuff. So good on them. And um, it's all in this lad's memory who sadly lost his life in the Twin Tower disaster of 2001. It's the only time you will find me speaking nicely about Brighton and Brighton fans. They have done some fantastic work over the years. And, you know, and it, 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 they've had, I don't know who's playing this time, but people like Andy Johnson's played for Palace and scored. Um, they've had lots of former players playing, but it's predominantly two sets of supporters getting together and instead of kicking the crap out of each other, they're playing football for the right reasons, okay? For the right reasons. And they have, as Ian's mentioned, they, they've raised in excess of £300,000. Go, mate. Yeah, and so, so that's on the 2nd of June. That's the Friday. But, of course, the, the guest we had on last week um, was from Golds for Gosh. So if you watched last week's show, you would have uh, you would have seen the interview with Jamie. Um, this is to raise money for Great Ormond Street. And, um, yeah, this is on Monday, the 29th of May. It's at Sellers Park. Tickets for this one are a little bit more expensive. They're 12 quid for adults, £5 for kids. But it's a great cause, you know, to raise money for Great Ormond Street. So if you can get along to Sellers Park, on the 29th of May for this game, it's a it's a 6.30 kickoff, that one. And then the and other also, thing that we're supporting... Sorry, Nick. The other thing we're supporting and backing is the um, CPFC Disabled Supporters Association, AGM and Social Evening. This is Saturday the 10th of June. Uh, we know Julian Speroni will be there. We know Jim Cannon will be there and one or two other ex-Palace players. Um, you don't have to be disabled in any way to attend this event. Anyone can attend it. So if you'd like to go... They ask you to email, um, if you can just put that back, Nige, sorry. Um, there's an email address on there, I think. I hope there is. Am I right? Yeah, the bottom. There you go. It's cpfcdsa.org. Um, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's cpfcdsa at gmail.com. Oh, that's sorry. C-C-F- I don't know what that is. That, that, that's their website. Okay. You can probably get to it through the website. dsa at gmail.com. Drop them an email because I'm telling you now, not only will there be guest speakers, there'll also be some and special guests there. There'll be some unspecial guests there as well, because Nick and Ian are both going to be there <laughs> on the night. Yeah, we'll be there as well, yeah. Good. So so it's great to support these guys. We've had Bruce and, and Lindsay on the show before, so uh, I think it's an important part of our, our fan base that we want to support. Right, so we're going to go back to my question that I set 10 minutes ago. Uh, how many points has Roy Hodgson got as uh, as Crystal Palace manager, uh, and the answer is, and this is relevant, there it is, right there. Roy Hodgson is currently on 197 Premier League points for Crystal Palace Football Club. Ladies and gentlemen out in the chat, my question to you would be, uh, let's go for a win against Nottingham Forest. Will it be a great accolade to Roy Hodgson if he was to leave us and finally hang up his managerial uh hats or jacket on 200 points. I think it will be a fitting way for a super and genuinely nice chap to retire and spend some time with his family uh, on 200 points. Quentin said 200 points. There are 200. Uh, Sean Feeney said 185 more than Lampard. It's what Sean Feeney said. (laughs) Fingers Feeney is out out in Facebook land. Nice to see you, mate. We miss you. You're, you're welcome back here anytime. Next season, come on and say hello, everybody. Tell them all what you're up to, because uh, I know you're, you're, you're very busy. Go, T. 
Yeah, I was just going to say on Twitter regarding the um, Forest game, there's a tweet on Twitter from the U, uh, not in the Forest, about they're all going to bring inflatables to the game. Inflatable what? Everything. Really? Lidos, bananas, donkeys. Yeah, they, they called it Party at the Palace. That's what they've called it. So. Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Okay. So there's a bit of a celebration for them. They're staying up there, is what you're saying. Yeah. And good luck to them. Folk. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was just going back to, to Roy. Um, Mark Callahan's put in the comments about the interview that Boyd did with, uh, I think it was Gary Neville on YouTube. He did one with Steve Parrish and then um, Roy. And he's sharp as ever, Roy. He's, you, you've got to watch it if you haven't watched it. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, and when he talks about all the experience and the players that he's managed and, you know, just goes over his career, he's just got a wealth of experience. And he is... He's spot on, you know. He, 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 when I watched it, I was kind of like, even I'd give him credit for what he's what he's done. I, I just think sometimes we don't know what we've got until we lose it. Um, he, he is a great manager, and if the club are going to support him next year, I don't think he'll do a, a bad job. I mean, he's got, you know, international experience. He's got European experience. Um, and, and just on another YouTube issue, I don't know if anyone's seen. There's a nine-minute montage of Raksaki season at Charlton. I'd recommend everybody watch that. What a player we have got. I know we, we eulogise about him and say he should come into the first team. But you, you watch that nine-minute montage at Charlton. He, he looked fantastic. Scored some brilliant goals. Some brilliant assists. Um, interesting. I've not seen that. It's interesting. Listen, before we move on, we've got, I've got one more subject I want to cover and throw your way. Um, I, I always forget to do predictions, okay? I always forget to do predictions and I normally leave it, if I do do them, I leave it so late that everybody's predictions gone through on, on the chat and I forget to read them out or Ian forgets to read them out. Your predictions, please, for the Forest games. Thank you, Nigel. You're on fire, by the way. Um, I'm coming on to that in a minute about Nigel, uh, Nigel bloody Croucher. I'll do that last. Um your predictions, please, for the Forest game. Win, lose or draw. It doesn't matter. It's the last game of the season. The result won't affect very much. Just a couple of million quid, which I'm also coming on to next. OK, where do you what do you think is going to happen? Mr. Noble, I'm coming to you first. Well, Paul Gears reminded us that um, in the Forest victory against Arsenal yesterday, um, Wayne Hennessy came off the bench for their injured keeper right at the end of the game. So we could be facing him next week. So on that basis, 5-0 Palace. Um, <laughs> I, no, in, in all seriousness, I think we'll win 2 or 3-0. Um, and I think we'll do them because I think generally, you know, T's already said about the Forest fans being in party mood, uh, and rightly so, because, you know, their sole objective was to finish 17th or above this season, and they've managed to do that. So congratulations to them with all their many, many players. But... Um, I think Forest will be absolutely on the beach. They'll probably be partying all week. So I'm, I'm really expecting us to finish the season strongly with a victory at home next next Sunday afternoon. OK, um, I'm glad you mentioned Wayne Hennessy. You, uh, by the way, the other two, I'm coming to you now on your predictions, OK? Uh, not only are we likely to see Wayne Hennessy, and he is absolutely right, we may also see, don't forget, Cheka Kowate, neither of which we had an opportunity to say goodbye to. Crystal Palace fans worldwide, this is your opportunity to show some respect. We're normally, as a club, as a fan base, we're pretty good uh, welcoming back former players to the club. Okay, um, Wayne Hennessy got a lot of unnecessary flack. 
indeed some of it off this show as well uh gel holyoke i'm talking to you and by the way jill's got jill's also got man flu which is why he's not on the show this evening which is why uh ferg very kindly stepped into the breach tonight because jill's poorly again his heart's fine she's got a snotty nose that's all um so uh checking kuwata if he is on the bench or anything anywhere around the first thing squad and wayne hennessy show him some love please okay Teresa Baker, your predictions, please, for the Forest game. I think Palace will win 3-1. I agree with um, Nadine. I think we'll win 3-1. Joel Ward to score another goal. <laughs> I not. thought you were going to say a hat-trick, then. <laughs> <laughs> not that yeah. optimistic, Nadine. Well, if is in goal, anything could happen. Okay, take a free kick from outside the box. Watch his step to the left, and we, we just have to hit it to the right. We know how the Hamilton step, we called it. Uh, Ferg, your predictions, mate? Well, I always go 2-1, don't I? But this week, I'm going to be different. Forest have got a very poor way record, so I'm going to go 3-0 Palace. Convincing win. I think you're mad, OK? You need to take <laughs> that big yellow tablet again, because I actually think it's going to be 4-0. Oh, there you go. There you go. So you're not as mad as, you, as me. Okay, so 4 0 for me. Uh, Teresa, what they said in the chat? Um, James Convey, 3 2. Nadine, 3 1. Aaron Channa, 2 0. Palace. Uh, Lee Lockwood thinks it'll be a 2 all draw. Keith Diamond, 2 0. Paul Holden, 5 0. Uh, Paul McNamara, 2 1. Mark Callaghan, 3 2. Goldfest. Tony Quinn, zero, the zero zero board draw. David Campion, two one Palace. So the yeah, Claire, overall, Claire Davis just said a lovely win for Graham. Three one, a lovely win for Graham Thackeray. Absolutely right, sweetheart. And thank you for your message last night, Poppet. I, I really appreciated it. And indeed, yesterday on the boat uh, and in the in the stadium, yesterday, so many of you came up to us and said. Uh, you're Nick from the Red and Blue Review. We love what you do. Carry on doing the hard work. It can get, like, like the football season, you get peaks and troughs. Doing this, and Ian, Ian can relate to what I'm about to say, it can get sometimes a little bit tiresome. It, you know, a lot of work goes into preparing for these things. And Ian's very kindly uh, hosted for me over the last couple of weeks when I lost my, lost my dad. And... and it brings me very neatly onto a couple of things. Next week, obviously, I'll be saying all the thank yous. But the most important people of all that I must say thank you to for this season are not my team. And I've got a fantastic team around me. OK, but each and every one of you in Facebook land, on the questions crew, on YouTube, on Instagram, Without you guys, we have no interaction on the show. With no interaction on the show, we have no show. So from the bottom of my heart and the team's heart, thank you so much for everything you do. You know, this season we've been very lucky that, you know, people like Nigel and Lucy and Greg in the background, without producers, we can't do this, okay? It's really hard for me to produce and present at the same time. I've been blessed that Ian Noble has stepped up to the team and not just sort of hosted, he's more than capably hosted on many occasions this season, and I can't thank him enough. And we've also had some newbies join the show. This geezer down here, okay, Fergus Tid. He came on as a, to have a chat one night, and he's been with us ever since. He's an absolute inspiration. And don't forget, we also have 
the legend that is Jim Cannon, not just as a guest presenter anymore. He's a regular. I send him a list. He said, yeah, I'll do them all. He, he, just, he just loves doing what we do on a Sunday night. You know, he, he said, what else would I be doing? You know, he said, I've got to talk to the missus if I don't come and join you guys. So he wants to do it. So for, for that group of people, I'll do the rest of them next week. Ian, Ferg, and every single listener and all my producers, I'm eternally grateful. And we will carry on next season. Lucy Usher, I know you're on holiday. We love you. Right. Last point for the evening, okay? And then we'll wrap it up. So something happened today, ladies and gentlemen. This is nothing to do directly with Crystal Palace. Nigel, could you put the slide up, please? Today's game, Chelsea versus Man City. I wanted to show you this comparison and find out from you what you think, okay? Now, what you're looking at there are two Man City lineups. One against Arsenal last week, okay? And one against Chelsea today. And you'll notice that there is, I think, did we agree there was nine, Ian? Nine changes? Yeah, um, only Walker and Akanji um, are the common... Are the two, players, are the two, two players. players. So they made nine changes in the Premier League today. Now, the reason I've, I'm highlighting this to you in Facebook land and YouTube land is because that could have gone very, very poorly for Palace. Now, the reason why, I'm, why am I whittering on about it? is because Chelsea are obviously below us in the league. There you go. Okay. And only one point behind us. Okay. We want to finish in that 11th place. Okay. You could argue that 11th, 12th, does it really matter? Well, yeah, it does actually. We can't actually establish what the um, actual figure is, but we believe it's somewhere in the region of two and a half million pound per position in the Premier League. That two and a half million pound could be, it's nothing to Chelsea. But to us, it's absolutely huge, okay? It is the difference between us getting a player in or not getting a player in in the summer. You, you just don't know how how important that is. Trees are just dropping off for a second. Oh, she's back again. Oh, um, so, guys, open open to you guys. Is it Should they be allowed to be able to field nine changes like that? And I actually thought there was a precedent, a ruling, saying they couldn't do that, Okay. The kids, Chelsea could have easily beaten the Man City kids today because Man City had already won. They're looking towards the Champions League final and the Cup final next week. And rightly so. I ain't got a problem with that. Good luck to them. I hope they win them both. Okay. But for our for the importance to us, should they be allowed to actually go ahead and do make nine changes? Fergal, I'm coming to you first, please. Well, they've got a squad of 25, haven't they? So he can play any of those 25. So he could play 11 one week and a completely different 11 the next. And that would be well within the well within his remit to do that. So, um, yeah, it's not ideal. But, yeah, I, I don't think they're breaking any of the rules. They're just in a very fortunate position where they've probably got 25 world-class players. So it doesn't really matter who plays. They're always going to be a strong team. We'll put a strong not, team out. They're not breaking any rules, says Fergus Tid. Uh, they've only got another 205 rules they've already broken. They've got <laughs> answer to yeah, well. the FA. Ian? I suppose uh, another way of asking your question, Nick, is should there be a new rule that says you can't make as many changes from a single one Premier League game to another Premier League game? If you get the cups for a minute, but if you've got a Premier League game and you field an eleven. Then for the next game, um, with no injuries, you can only make a maximum of five or six changes to that previous 11. 
that's not a rule at the moment, but but could it and should it be? Is is that another way of putting your question? Look at that, look at what Paul's just said. Paul McManara, I always struggle with you, not him, sorry. Teams have been fined in the past for fielding weaker teams. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I've watched I watched both games today. I watched uh, West Ham Leeds and I watched Man City Chelsea. And I actually thought West Ham were going to put a weaker 11 out today. I thought after Thursday night and all the shenanigans in the stands and everything, I thought they might not turn up for Leeds. And I fancied Leeds to win. Uh, didn't happen. And, and West Ham put a full-strength team out and deservedly won 3-1. Um, but Man City, if, if Arsenal had won at Forest yesterday... Man City would have played a completely different team today. Correct. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm, I, and I'm, I'm sort of I understand where you're coming from with the question. I, I just think that you know, arguably, it's not fair. As it happens, they're eleven today with the changes they made through the game. I mean, they got over the line with one nil. Uh, Chelsea came close a couple of times, um, but they were a bit unlucky. They had two or three goals disallowed for the old foul handball, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, don't know. I, 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 another way of looking at it is. It, should there be a rule that says you can't make as many changes from one Premier League game to another? At the moment, that's not the case, but you could you could argue. Teresa, you got any thoughts on the subject? Um, if it's in the rules that says you can name a 25-man squad, which it is in the rules, I don't think there should be, you know, if they're lucky enough, yeah, it goes against us, but if that's what the rules are, they can make as many changes as they want. Well, as luck was happy, it didn't go against us. Uh, Man City still won, uh, and Chelsea is still that one point behind us. And they've still got to play uh, away at Man United on Thursday night and at home to Newcastle on the final day of the season. So uh, it would be lovely. I mean, for nothing else. I mean, we know they've had a crappy season. They've only, bless them, they've only spent a billion quid in the last three years. Okay. And, and I don't know how they're actually coping. You know, bless their hearts. So, there you go. Thank you for that. I'm reading all your comments as they go through, and I'll continue to do so when we when we wrap up in a second. Um, thank you for everybody that's joined us. Ferg, I appreciate you jumping in at the last last nineties, mate. Uh, Palace versus Forest, Sunday the twenty eighth, uh, half past four. Come up and say hello to all of us. We do like you. Do like it when you come and tell us that you enjoy the show. Uh, it's our and our last game will be our last show will be next Monday evening, not Sunday, because obviously we're playing on the on the Sunday. Monday evening at 8 o'clock. Ian, we're delighted to know that I will be in the shed. And I think, do you know what? I, from memory, I was going about to say, who's coming on the show next week? And I think everybody, every presenter that's been available this year will be on the show next Monday evening. So it, it will be a car crash. It'll be a fun car crash. And... We'll just we'll just go. That's the beauty about this new software that we've had this season. Ian? Well, I, I, if I can get on live from Sellhurst at the end of the gosh game, I will. Um, but um, I will be there on Monday um, and leave you to get on with the show. And I will look forward to watching it back afterwards. All right, buddy. Listen, teaching every one of you out of Facebook and YouTube, lad, thank you very much. Fergus, Teresa and Ian, I can't do it without you. God bless you. God bless each and every one of you. Take care. See you at Sellhurst on Sunday evening. Take care, everybody. Good night. Bye. Cheers, guys. Good night.